Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Grace in the Gray podcast, where we use the black and white of scripture to speak truth into the gray areas of culture. Thanks for joining us again. And if you haven't followed us on Instagram, you are missing out on some content. So stop whatever you're doing right now, unless you're driving. Definitely keep driving. But find us on Instagram, the Grace in the Gray podcast, and follow us. And with that, Jordan is going to start this week's episode. What a great plug for social media. That was so good. And for Jordan. Yeah, that was that was really good. I felt welcomed, um, so I appreciate it. But we're going to continue. So if you listened to last episode or the last few episodes, we've talked about dating relationships. We've talked about marriage. But towards the end of the last episode, we started to talk about specifically sexual sin, but just some of our experiences because all three of us have grown up in church and grown up in the Bible Belt. And so I thought it'd be interesting. I'm going to ask you guys, what, like growing up in church, what was your experience like on the topic of sex? Was it something that was ever talked about? Were there weird ways that it was talked about? I don't think it was talked about a lot. If it was, it's kind of like we talked about in the last episode that the goal is virginity, um, but there was never uh, background information as to the why really behind it. And like you said last week, the holier version of yourself, but we didn't really talk about it that much. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would, I would say the same. Like I, I remember it, but I only remember it in the sense like inside of the church and I had some experience in it inside of discussions like in my family growing up in a Christian family with a father who's a pastor that were that were different than what I remember. But inside of the the church culture, I guess, that I grew up in, the only thing I remember is it almost being that forbidden fruit type thing, right? Like I remember it being discussed, but only in the sense of like almost discussed in the sense of don't discuss it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're not gonna talk about it. And then anytime you was talked about it was like this Everybody felt like, you know, like I don't know what to do with my hands. Like yeah. Ricky Bobby, like, what am I supposed to say? I want to unzip yeah, myself from my body and leave. I want to leave. Yeah. I want to leave this all behind. So I remember that like in the like church culture. So Yeah, my my experience was similar to Rick's. Like anytime we talked about it, it was almost it was always from the vantage point of don't do it. But it was never explained why. But the but the clearest depiction of anytime I think of my experience in church in youth group we actually did when I was in ninth grade we did a musical called true love waits and it was basically the whole thing there were stories which like I get it right like because again it's hard to get a group of teenagers into a room and talk about this topic right I remember that and now looking back on it it seemed kind of weird but then also we all got, by doing it, we all got purity rings as a testament to, hey, we're going to wear this ring. It's going to be a, like, this is a statement because, again, it was almost, hey, virginity is the goal, right? Or purity is the goal. And so we got them. But the thing for me, and I honestly, like, to this day, still don't understand. Like, might be one of the first questions I ask God when I get to heaven. <laughs> I don't know. But my ring actually turned my finger green. <laughs> And so I was just like, oh. Um, it's because you were living in sin. I know, dude. I was just like, oh, my god!" It was really an alarm. Yeah, it was just like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think in all seriousness, and this, again, not firing shots like the things that we've done, but it's almost this culture we've created inside of Christianity and inside of the church, especially when it comes to these 
like topics that are complex and difficult and then so intricately woven into our culture and that our culture, it almost feels like an apology, not an apology, but like a something is needed there. Like, hey, we've made this so weird yeah. that now like <laughs> nobody knows how to discuss it and we don't know how to move forward from it, which I think makes this discussion so necessary. Yeah, exactly, right? because especially... And, and Rick, you've had this experience being in student ministry and now myself. I mean, this is something in the five, almost six years I've been in student ministry, this is one of the topics, even though I know it makes kids that feeling of, I want to unzip myself from my body and leave and not come back ever. Um, you can send me my skin home. Um, I don't want, or maybe I just don't want it anymore. Um, but I talk about it because it's one of those things and it's true for adults too, like, whether it's single people, dating, married, we have, the church has dropped the ball on a topic that that involves one of God's greatest gifts that he's ever given us. And so we've gone to social media, we've gone to music. Um, you know, Rick was talking about his favorite song earlier, Baby Got Back. It's songs like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I want to give a shout. Sure, sure, makes sir, a makes lot. a lot. If you ever want to be on the show, <laughs> you're more than welcome to. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's we've been informed in that way when the church should have been doing a better job of using scripture to inform us on one of the greatest gifts that God's ever given us. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Like I've been thinking about that as just kind of been prepping and getting ready for this conversation. And I genuinely believe, and again, it's like a, this is not an attempt to throw stones, but it's it, I think it was premarital counseling before it ever was really discussed with me in a way that I grasped that sex was a gift, right? Like that it, because it almost felt like this thing that was like, it felt gross. Yeah, don't discuss it. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's this thing that happens and it's like you should steer away from it. And then, like, you get, like, I got to that premarital counseling. And so, like, Understanding that I think provides such a freedom to walk in God's grace. Now I, I don't, we'll we'll define freedom maybe a little bit more in terms of what the Bible says about sex as this goes on. But um, you know the freedom to understand that this this isn't a bad thing, right? Like sex isn't bad, sex isn't dirty, sex isn't especially you know inside of the confines of using that good gift in the way that God designed it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> provide so much freedom and, and I think ultimately is a reminder that all of these good things that were given by God are, are ultimately reminders of God's grace in our lives. So and it was it just took so long to get to that. You know? Yeah, for sure. And and even on top of that, like I remember being in premarital counseling like and it clicking in my brain for the first time for twenty two years of my life, I've been told, don't do this. But then once we put ring rings on our fingers and sign a, a document. Now all of a like, sudden it's yeah, this it's beautiful like, thing. Let's go. Like let's you can have as much as you want and it's like what? Like I just didn't know what to do. Maybe we could spiritualize it. Maybe it was because you got a legitimate ring that didn't turn your finger Maybe green. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was the past <laughs> trauma that I had from my purity ring that turned my finger green. But um in us talking about this, I think it's super important. I, I think it's easy to listen to podcasts like this or have conversations, especially in the church. Um, and we have three people who are on staff at a church. So it's easy to think, oh, they're on staff at a church or, hey, they've been following Jesus for a while. And it's almost easy to have this conversation and think, oh, they, they don't struggle with this stuff or it's something that they've never had to deal with. That could not be 
any farther from the truth. I could probably start a podcast simply talking about the past mistakes, but I think it's important to talk about that because we're not coming at it of, hey, what are you doing? Like, we've had this better experience. Why aren't you doing that? Right. It's not from a place of judgment. No, not at all. It's more so to go back to the last episode, we said that it's clear, and Paul talks about this a number of different areas in his letters, and all throughout Scripture, it's talked about it too. But there's the specific passage in 1 Corinthians 6 where he says to flee sexual immorality because our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. He says because of that, that our bodies are not our own, that we are bought with a price, the price of Jesus' body. And because of that, we are to glorify God in our bodies. And the way that we glorify God in our bodies is through using the gift of sex in the way that God intended it to be. And so when we're talking about sexual sin, that, that could be a word we throw out and we're like, well, what does that mean? I, I think, and tell me if you guys agree or disagree, I would say sexual sin is anything that is outside the intention that God had for sex, which what we see in scripture is sex in a heterosexual marriage. Would y'all agree with that? Yeah. So I think that's a catch all of all things. And again, like <laughs> Rick and I were talking about this yesterday. We could have so many episodes spawn out of this one because there's so many different categories of sexual sin. There's, there's pornography. Um, there's obviously, there's obviously having sex outside of marriage. There's having, whether that's in a dating relationship, that's a person who's in a marriage, who's having sex with someone who's not, they're not married to, right? There's a number of different areas, but it's so important because not because we want to throw stones, but because God has intended to give us this gift to be used in a certain way so that we could experience him and experience the joy that is found in him in the best way possible. We're not experts in this. Like we're not coming to this as like the people who have had this all together because I'll own just just outrightly, like I've train wrecked this area of my life, both pre my relationship with Jesus and post my relationship with Jesus inside of dating relationships. And I would probably own that even inside of my marriage, like this is an area that's been a struggle, that's been difficult conversations have been had, stuff has been wrestled with. And, and, and so I want to, I want you to be free. Like if this is a struggle that you're still actively walking through, don't, don't feel like you have to turn this off in some kind of shame. Like we're, it's grace in the gray. Like we want to ultimately point you to grace as we define the black and white of scripture, which you just did well. We ultimately want that to be a thing that points you towards God's grace and goodness for you to find ultimate joy in who he is and his right design for these gifts. And then I would also say that this podcast is still for you if you disagree with what we just defined, right? Like we want you here and your voice matters here. And I think we sharpen each other. Our world so much tells us right now, if we disagree, then disconnect, then then remove yourself from the discussion. And I think that robs us, regardless of if we're a believer or a non-believer, from the full experience of just of humanity and being able to sit down and go, hey, our different perspectives, our different opinions, our different backgrounds, our different upbringings allow us to discuss things from different vantage points that are beneficial regardless of if we agree. And so I, I would say, hey, don't stop listening. Don't don't turn us off now before we conclude this conversation just because you disagree. I think you still have a spot at this table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Well, I think in talking about this topic, I, I'll throw this question out to you guys because, again, it's 
it's it's presented in a way, and it's good because our world is is presenting sex in a number of different ways that contradicts scripture. The issue is is we never actually say what scripture says about sex. It's more so, hey, hey, just just don't do it. And if you're not in church, you're you're never gonna hear the exactly, scripture. exactly. So in us again, we said sexual sin is anything outside of a heterosexual marriage. Why? Why is anything outside of that? Why is sexual sin wrong? What would y'all say? Well, I think we're saying sexual sin, but and you kind of alluded to um, circumstances where that comes in, but it's not just sex. It's going outside the boundaries that you set and then, you know, walking it back. Okay, who sets the boundaries? How do you know where to place the boundaries? And I think it's different for every person and and where you're at in a relationship and marriage or dating or anything. I mean, I think the the shallow skip the rock across the answer that I think Christians have tried to get away with for such a long period of time is because the Bible says so, right? And I, I think that's that's absolutely true, right? And I, but I think that's lazy Christianity. Um, and I would encourage you, like, if that's your depth of understanding, to dig a little bit deeper to be able to provide and support that. And I would, I would encourage you to do that not because you can become a better Christian, but because specifically with this topic, when it comes to sex and sexuality, this is not just a topic. This is people, right? Like, this is all of these issues have faces and working in student ministry for years like you see the the consequences of not living in this right design and you see the the potential that that has to so much wreck life and and I would say diving a little bit deeper and and it's cool we just unpacked Genesis chapter 3 this past Sunday at church and I was I was reading that kind of in my quiet time and been walking that out is all of our sin regardless of what category we want to put it in is at its heart an attack on the character of God. And so I think when we attack God's character, we rob ourselves of the joy that God created us to walk in. And so this good gift that is created for our joy um, and ultimately created for us to be able to, to be image bearers of God, to show a God who gives good gifts, who is gracious, who is loving, who is all of those things, when we attack God's character by using that gift in a way that's outside of His plan, um, I think for the world, it shows, one, we don't trust God, which robs us of our ability to show the goodness of God. But two, I think it robs us of the ability to experience the fullness of the gift that God created us to and ultimately robs us of joy and the experience of tasting and seeing God's goodness. And so I think when we do that, um, we set ourselves up for all kinds of consequences for consequences that we saw coming, consequences that we didn't see coming, but ultimately getting outside of the guardrails that are clearly laid out in Scripture, whether it be sexual sin or just a different sin in general, always results in consequences that rob God of His glory and us of our joy. Yeah. And I, th- I think, too, if, if we're just thinking about the gift of sex that God has given us and, and for it to be in the confines of marriage— I think in in going a little bit deeper on what the gift actually is, I think our culture would say, which I'm going to warn you real quick, if you're drinking coffee out there or driving down the road, you might choke on a little bit or something. But they, he didn't just give us sex for a release. It was because for a husband and wife, that is the closest that you can possibly connect with one another. And so what happens a lot of the time, whether it's through – 
going outside the bounds of marriage for sex, going to pornography and all, all of that. Again, we could go on another podcast just about that topic alone. What we're doing is we, we are robbing ourselves of that connection. And also too, and this is even cooler because it goes back to God being the creator. He's created us in a way with the desires that we have, but through the act of sex, there are a number of different chemicals that are released in our brains that that tie us almost to that moment and that person that we're doing it with, or if it's through, you know, and this is what makes pornography dangerous is if we're doing the pornography, it's it's tying us and connecting us to an image or to a video or to something else, right? And so I think it's robbing us of the true where culture would tell us like, hey, it's about experiencing pleasure, which yes, that is part of it. God intended it to be for connection over a lifetime of marriage with your spouse. So I think that's one thing that makes it wrong. I think the other thing, um, and, and I think this is true again, if we're going for, if we're talking about sin in general, we live in a culture nowadays, especially with smartphones and social media. We we have a, a and I say this to students all the time, we have a microwave mindset, right? Like it's, we want, we want results and we want things almost like we want hot pockets. We just want to be a doop, 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 doop. And then we want it in like a minute or two. We want it quick. Um, whereas a lot of the things that that truly are good and truly have meaning in our lives, especially in our relationship with God, they take time. It's more like a crock pot. Yeah, like a lot of times. And that's what we do when we go outside. And even in a marriage too, it's we talked about this a little bit last episode. For me, one of the things that surprised me the most was how intentional I had to be, right? Like we, we grow up in this culture that tells us like, hey, everything's lovey-dovey, everything comes natural, everything should be organic, but that's really not true. And one of the areas that Lauren and I have had to be intentional with, because if we're not, then it's just not going to happen, right, is in our sex life. I, I think for us, like it's work, right? And I think that's true for a married couple. It takes work, but for so much of us growing up in this culture, in a number of different ways, whether it's through past relationships, whether it's through pornography, whatever it is, it almost expedites that process and tells us like, hey, get this done or experience this in the quickest way possible when God's intended it to be for a lifetime. Well, and and God says that the the husband and the wife shall become one. And so if you're thinking about in a dating relationship, if you're becoming one with someone who you aren't in covenant, you haven't made a promise to, then what happens after you break up? That that oneness is no longer there and I mean really your soul has become attached to this person and walking that back after a breakup um, it's just a lot of of heartache and hardship that the, you then have to carry into your new relationship so how do you get back from that yeah because I, I was about to say just really quick that's different than I remember in middle school like I liked this girl for a couple weeks and then I found out she liked my best friend that's a little bit oh. different yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, where are the tissues? How dare you, where whoever you are? How dare <laughs> you? But anyways, that's different. Like that, that I haven't held on to that. That didn't become a part of who I am as a almost 29-year-old. It's different when in a dating relationship, like you said, you've had sex with somebody and you've connected in the closest way possible, physically, emotionally, spiritually, 
and then you just rip yourself away from them. And then you have people that do that constantly over and over and over again. And I just can't, I just can't imagine, like you're saying, I can't imagine the pain that people, and and I've walked through it with, with a few people. It's, it's, it's really hard. There's an important thing again, just to be said here, because it's like it, because I want to prevent, if you're listening to this, from it taking a hopeless turn, right? Yeah. Like, it, like I recognize as somebody who came to a marriage that is that is now, at least I feel like at the moment, successful and thriving, and we're having these conversations and trying to work in these things, and, and I'm still not, again, we're still not perfect. Like, we still haven't arrived. We're still working at it. But there's grace for you. Like, the, the scars that you feel, if that's been you and you feel like you've train wrecked this and you're, you're no longer worthy or you're no longer what you were created to be. Like I, I want to encourage you, one of the hearts of this podcast and of all of Scripture and of Christ Himself that we see manifest in His coming to rescue us is that this grace is for you, right? And that there's an invitation for you to experience that and that you haven't disqualified yourself, right? Like I think there's this belief that, well, once I've gone this far, I'm now disqualified. Well, I'm just never going to have that. Um, and I think the, the incredible news of the gospel is regardless of what sin issue we're talking about, and this is a big one because this is one that now our culture tells us, and I would disagree with this, but that's a different episode for a different day. This is, one, this is a sin issue that our culture tells us is somehow identity forming. Is I would tell you, regardless of if you agree or disagree or, or with the scars that you feel, one, this isn't who you are. Right, like this doesn't have to be the ultimate defining thing in your life about you. Two, you can still fully experience, taste, see, and walk in the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ. Like it's still there for you, um, and that it still covers you and allows you to walk out what God is doing in your life, even in this realm. So as you as you go, I think kind of where you were going, Sam, is like, how do I come back? Like there there. The incredible news for you is there is a way back, yeah. right? There is there is a path back, not of your own doing, right? Like I don't want you to hear, now you got to try harder, you have to be better, you have to do more, you have to clean yourself up, polish yourself up, put on this baptism robe, go through this process, do all of these things, and now you're dateable again. Now you're someone who deserves to be married to a loving spouse who reflects God's goodness and grace to you. Like Jesus has done that for you, right? And you can walk in the freedom of that, but I would encourage you as you wrestle with coming back, this has been one of the things that I watched play out in my own life. We play this game when it comes to sin, uh, and our senior pastor, Philip, is the one that I get this analogy from because I love it. We play this game, how close can I get to the cliff, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's this dangerous game where ultimately you end up at the bottom of the cliff, and then everybody, it's so funny, we all get to the bottom of the cliff, and then we're like, how would we get here? And it's like... Well, if you would go back and look, there was 15 million little decisions that led you to eventually falling over the edge of that cliff. And so now you're there. And I would say, if that's you, one, your scars don't have to define you. That's not who you are. But two, I would encourage you as you enter into or begin to think through and pray through entering into other relationships, your boundaries probably need to be farther away from that cliff, right? Like you need to prevent yourself the ability to get in there. I tell this story all the time. I had a I had a buddy in college who the first time that he kissed his wife, and I'm not saying that you have to do this, but the first time that he kissed his wife was literally at the altor. Uh, and he set, um, he's like, man, I don't know how he did it, but they set all of these 
because both of them had come to it and they had come to relationships with Jesus before they entered into it and they wanted to protect that. And so they set all of these boundaries together in a relationship for their dating relationship. It was, we're not going to date each other at our houses. We're not going to go places where we can be alone. And so they would go to dinner in public places. They would go to dates. Like they wouldn't go to the movie theater. They would go to parks. They would go to restaurants that were public. They would do all of those things just to prevent the temptation. And then it was the step further. The kissing thing was like, I know that my temptation is for this to lead to that. And I would ask you, inside of your marriage if you've stepped outside of that and had an affair or before you're married and you've had you've had sex or crossed that line that's there to maybe consider reining that boundary further back because we recognize there's this thing in our human sinful nature that every time we cross that line it becomes easier to cross that line i think the devil's really good at desensitizing us to exactly what we're doing and so not saying that like, hey, you don't need to kiss your girlfriend. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. That's between you and God and the Holy Spirit and all of that to work out as you set the boundaries for that relationship. But I don't think it's it has to be there. I think you have to determine inside of your own life where that needs to be for you. Yeah. What were you going to say, Sam? Well, you were talking about messing up and you might feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a train wreck. Well, hi, it's me. I was the, the train wreck. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, really, in all seriousness, we talked about how do you come back from that? And I mean, for me, it was a transformation that can only be explained by a relationship with Jesus, because there's no way with my track record before marriage that I should have a successful marriage right now. It was a, a transformation of my heart and through walking with Jesus daily. And, you know, I didn't have someone on a podcast telling me, hey, it's okay. There's grace. And you can you can come back from it and, and you don't have to feel like you're being judged by the people behind the microphone. So I just, again, wanted to echo that, like, yeah, you can huge. come back from it. It's huge because I, th- I think it comes back to, I forget when we talked about the best dating, I guess that was two episodes, but the best dating advice I ever got was get as many people involved. And I heard you say this in the story of your friend and I hear in your story, there was a lack of that, right? Of get as many people involved in your dating relationship, regardless of if you've fallen short or not, it's going to help you. It's going to help you if you haven't fallen short, it's going to help you in the long run, like in the story of your friend. But also, if you have fallen short, getting as many people involved, the most important person is, like you said, God, um, getting him involved and making him the center of the relationship. But also getting as many people as you can, whether that's friends, family, and having them speak into that relationship, but also just be around. Um, because, again, I know that was one of the biggest things for Lauren and I that helped us out, not to say we didn't struggle, but what helped us out was knowing we had other people around us that were able to help us. And since I, I didn't have that and I did screw up, you know, I'm I'm still thankful for, I guess, thankful for the scars. I learned a lot and I knew what boundaries I had to set, just like your friend, Rick. You know, you you misstep and you make the mistake. And because of that, now I know where my boundaries need to be. And, you know, my husband and I talk about it. What what boundaries are in place for us as a couple, for me, for you? And, and we wouldn't necessarily know where to put those unless I'd walked through it before. Yeah. I think something that as someone 
who may be in your shoes, right? Of what you're talking about. Of someone who has fallen into sin, they're sitting there like, I'm never going to be worthy to be able to date. I'm never going to be worthy to be able to get married. I think two things that we see in scripture is that we can bring our sin to God and we can bring our sin to others. I, I don't think a lot of the times, and I'm actually going to be preaching about this in two weeks, but the story of David and Bathsheba, like David had blatant sin and instead of confessing it, he just tried to cover it up and keep it to himself. And it just snowballs the cliff analogy that, that Rick just talked about of it just got worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where he's like, how did I get here? Like, how did I not just have adult, I committed adultery, but now I'm a murderer too. And I'm having a child with that person that I had, that I committed adultery, right? Like all those things, it was just through one simple act. But I think confessing it instead of keeping it to yourself, because that's an unbearable weight that, that we're not, we're not created to bear it alone. But what scripture tells us is if, if we confess our sin to God, he's always faithful and just to forgive us and give us freedom. But not just that when we confess, not just to anybody, like don't go to, don't go to Chick-fil-A today and just start going up to people and, hey, I, I used to have this uh, ring on my finger, but I turned my finger green. And the reason is, it, and start going in depth on your sexual sin. But it says those people that you trust, confess it to them because James, I think it's James 5 or James 6 says it brings us healing. It brings us healing to our souls and to our lives through that. And so I, I just wanted to say that because I know for a lot of people, and it's something I have to constantly remind myself of because it's easy to hold on to the past. It's easy to hold on to the, those mistakes. But we have in scripture, if we, we have a God we can bring our sin to that brings us freedom and forgiveness. And we have other people around us that by telling them and confessing it, it brings us healing. Yeah, and I would just, I would just kind of to tie a bow on everything that we've kind of talked about, at least that I've talked about, to encourage you, one, know what your identity is. Two, I would encourage you, whether you're married, dating, thinking about getting married, set your boundaries and share those with the person that you're in and then hold your boundaries, right? And then recognize, we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, if the person that you're in a relationship with won't respect your boundaries, and that's the dating side of it, then that's not the person you need to be in a relationship with. If that's the marriage side of it, there's some deeper things that need to be that need to be dealt with there, and we need to have some deeper conversations. Um, but set those boundaries and hold to those boundaries, and then I think give yourself permission to experience God's grace, and then fight the temptation. I feel like we've been sold this bill of goods that Christianity is a destination that you arrive at, and it is. I mean, there's that hope of an eternity where everything is going to be restored and made new. But don't be so discouraged that you think that sexual purity or sexual perfection, however we want to word that in a relationship, is a spot. It's always going to take work because there's always going to be depravity. There's always going to be scarring this side of heaven where conversations need to be had with our partner, where stuff needs to be worked out. And we need to wrestle those things to the ground and ask God, hey, show me, just like we talk about in the black and white of your scripture, where the where your grace is for me and where I can grow in that grace and I think I would I would just encourage people with that. Well, thanks for your time. If you've been sticking with us for our slightly longer than normal episode, we'll be back in 2 weeks and don't forget if you don't follow us on Instagram, do that and also subscribe to the podcast so that you're notified when the next episode drops. We hope you have a great week. See ya.